if you are my age or older, chances are you have gone through something hard, right? Can I get an amen? We call it the, we call it the dark night of the soul, where despite your best intentions, despite how good of a boy you are, how good of a girl you are, life deals you a, a raw hand, gives you a gives you something that you just can't deal with. It's hard. And so, my little friends, maybe some of you have gone through some hard things. And we pray for you. You need to know that. Your church prays for you. We pray for all of you. But, if you haven't gone th- through something really hard, like you know the, the, the loss of a loved one or some traumatic injury or something like that, if you haven't gone through something hard, you will. And, and I know that's probably not the most positive thing, but kids, you will all go through something hard someday. But I have something very important that I want you to remember. I want you to remember that Jesus speaks to that hardship whenever you're going through it. He is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. No matter what hard thing you're going through, either it's bullies or sickness or spankings. Oh, we don't, we don't do that anymore, do we? I know. Yeah, I might have been the last person to get a spanking. Jesus is always with us, and he's, he's speaking into that pain. In fact, he knows exactly how you feel. Jesus knows every emotion we have ever felt, every disappointment, every loss, every insecurity. Jesus has felt every single emotion. What an incredible thing to think that he has faced everything that we have faced. And tonight, we're going to look at what Jesus does, what he does, when he finds himself in a hard place, when he finds himself in that dark night of the soul, when he finds himself up against something that seems like it's impossible to overcome. We're going to talk about how Jesus speaks and calms the storm. You need to allow Jesus to speak to your storms and to to calm them and to tell them to go away. And there's there's different types of dark nights. There's different types of storms. We will read in the Scriptures in a minute that there are literal storms, that nature produces. I found myself caught in a few of those at some times in my life where I was wondering if I was going to live through it. So there are literal storms. There are, well, we're going to read about Jesus' storm on the water. There might have even been a malevolent, that's a fancy word for evil, There might have been an evil spirit in that storm that wanted to destroy Jesus and his followers. 
So there are spiritual forces at work that want to make you give up, make you quit, make you not want to believe in the Lord anymore. So there is, a, there is a, an unseen world. It's out to get you. But the good news is, is that Jesus speaks against that. So there's natural storms. There's spiritual storms. And did you even know that you can create your own, your own storms? So there's storms that you create. Jesus speaks to those too. He does. This is Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up. That's a fancy word for a big storm. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern. I'm not sure. Is that the front or the back? Do you have any sailors in the house? It's the back. It's the back. There we go. Thank you. He's in the back of the boat. Sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Okay, let's just stop right there. This is, this is the prayer life for most adults these days. Jesus, don't you care that I'm drowning in debt? Jesus, don't you care that I'm you know, suffering in these areas? Jesus, can't you please, pretty please, do a miracle here? Don't you care? All right, kids, let me just advise you. Don't pray like that. <laughs> if mommy and daddy are praying like that, don't pray like that. Pray prayers of faith. Pray prayers of faith that heal the sick. But this is common whenever somebody's afraid. This is common response when, when anxiety hits you. You pray doubtful prayers like, Jesus, don't you care? Of course he cares. But he was sleeping in the middle of the storm. Isn't that interesting? You ever gone through something hard and you're like, where in the world is Jesus? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. It's the same language that he uses to cast out demons out of people that are afflicted and tormented. Interesting. It's the same uh, prayer model. Quiet and be still. Three words. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. In three words, Jesus can calm your storm. Whatever that storm might be. His disciples said to him, he said to his disciples, excuse me, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So this is a powerful story about Jesus speaking to the storm and it's stopping. They're in a boat. It's like a ship of fools. 
When they see Jesus, be Jesus, commanding nature itself to back off. Isn't that cool? Now you would think that the disciples would have learned their lesson the first time. But there are two boat stories. There's two storm stories. Did you know this? There's two of these. Like, like you think they would have got it the first time, but they're back in the boat again. They're back in the boat. They're back in a storm. And once again, they're freaking out. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Late that night, he was there alone, walking out on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, because they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, you take courage. Okay, basically Jesus says, you guys need to suck it up. We've been here before. This isn't your first rodeo. Take courage. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why do you doubt And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So twice he tells this storm to stop. Twice. There's going to be one more storm, one more squall that he's going to command. Before I tell you about that, the better help us understand what was taking place, we have a very special video that I would like for you to watch. Did you see how Jesus spoke to the storm, the natural storm, that force that's beyond anything that we can control within our own power? The force of nature in Jesus spoke to that force and commanded it to be still. He commanded there to be peace. Did you see that malevolent force? That one is harder to see. But there was a spiritual situation going on there. There was an evilness in the waves. I love how the directors tied it in. So like there was almost monster sounding things when the waves were moving it kind of gives you a feeling that there's something uh dark a dark intent there 
And Jesus is able to overcome that spiritual force of darkness. But did you also see how Jesus was able to calm Peter's storm? Amen? He can even calm your inner storm. Jesus has got one more storm to rebuke. And this time, Jesus goes all the way down. This time, he's buried in water. Matthew 26, 36, if you'll just bear with me. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here a while while I go over there and pray. Jesus, once again, is taking time alone to pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and they began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So this is Jesus. Like what he has to face on the cross is so heavy. This storm is so intense. He can barely take it. Stay with me here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with them with his face down to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so Jesus is talking to his Father about this storm that he is going to face. Did you know that he is still doing that right now, but he's doing it for you? He is talking to the Father about the storm that you are facing. And He is saying to the Father, He's interceding for you. And He's saying, may this cup pass them over. Then He turned, returned to His disciples and he found them sleeping. I think it's interesting that now his disciples are sleeping on him when he first was sleeping on his disciples. I don't know if it's payback or what, but his disciples are sleeping on him. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. I'm going to read it again. Could you men keep watch with me for one hour? I feel a men's conference talk coming up here on the power of prayer. Oh, I'm going to leave it alone. That's for another day. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's addressing the storms that they have inside of them. Yeah? Cool, right? He went away a second time and prayed, My Father, it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were 
heavy. And so he let them, he left them and he went away once more and prayed and a third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Two other men, both criminals, were led with him to be executed. I'm sorry, I don't have the reference on this one. You know it. When they came to the place called the Skull, or Golgotha, they crucified Jesus, along with criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, listen to this, everybody. Jesus said, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus has been beaten and tortured. He's facing the cross. He's been nailed on the cross. Like, by all accounts, like, this is the worst humanity can do to another person. Probably one of the worst forms of torture that we've ever imagined. Like, it's bad. And yet Jesus is concerned about somebody else's storm at this moment. He says, you need to, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching. And the rulers even sneered at him. And they said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. And they offered him wine vinegar, and they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He's he's mocking him. But the other criminal rebuked him. He says, don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. This poor guy, I mean, well, let's just be honest. The sinners on both sides, they're us. Some of us have accepted to follow Jesus and have stepped into his grace and into his mercy. And if that's true, we get to hear Jesus say, you will be with me in paradise. And then the other side is the sinner who just, despite how bad life is, will not reach out. He just wants to curse God and die. If we're faithful, if we say, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, if we pray prayers like that, 
Jesus will calm our storms and he will say, you will be with me in paradise. I mean, at the moment of his death, he is calming somebody else's storm. Or what, a, what an incredible Savior we serve. Amen. Woo! It was about noon, and then the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, and the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn into two. And Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he hurled his last breath and he died. For us. Not only was it the most horrible torture that we could probably think of, but it was the most intense experience in all humanity. Because not only was he dealing with his own death in that moment, he was dealing with your death too. The death of your sins. He was dealing with the man on the right and the man on the left. He had all of humanity's sins piled upon him. And it was so intense. But that was the final storm, my friends. And he overcame that storm. And on the third day, he rose again victorious. He came out of that watery grave and he freed us from the ultimate storm, which is death itself. Death has no hold on you when you have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has saved you and he is never going to leave you. He'll never forsake you no matter what your storm is. So do not doubt and have faith. Do not doubt and have faith. Okay. Okay. If I could have the band come to the front, and if I could have our pastors and ushers and elders come, we are going to receive communion. Before the passion, before he was bruised before he was beaten, before he died. He got these guys together, those guys in the boat, in the upper room, and he said, we're going to eat together. Why don't you guys go ahead and pass the elements. He said that we are going to eat together. And whenever you come together and you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus says, remember me. Remember the price that I have paid for you to live a life that overcomes storms. This is an overcoming drink and an overcoming meal. If you're watching online, go ahead and grab something so that you can receive communion with us. This bread 
is seafaring bread. Everything that you need or think that you need is locked up into the body of Christ. If you have been praying prayers or if you have had attitudes like our character Peter in this show where you, you say silly things like, I'm faithful, where have you been, God? How come you're not meeting my needs? How come everything in my life is falling apart? If you, if you pray prayers like that, I want to encourage you to turn to the body of Christ. The body of Christ that says, no, I am here and with you. Are you here and with me? This is how we declare that we are with Jesus, by receiving his body and by being a part of the body. When I say that we're a part of the body, we are all rowing in this ship of fools together. And we need to be together. Amen? We need to be together. You can't do this thing on your own. You have to have friends. You have to have pastors. You have to have elders in your life that will speak life into you and call out the storms that are in you. That will declare power in your life when you're dealing with forces that are beyond your control. That is why we eat the body of Christ that was bruised and broken for you. Receive the body of Christ. Without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You cannot calm your own storm inside of your soul. Only Jesus can do that. And this is how it, this is how it happens. By receiving the life force, the blood of Jesus Christ into our being that washes away all of our sins. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. On this day, we remember Jesus and the ultimate price that he prayed for us to be free. The ultimate price to be free from the devil, to be free from the world, and even to be free from ourselves. He paid the ultimate price. He descended into hell. He gave the good news to all those that were lost. He followed the will of his Father to the very end. It's the hardest thing, the darkest thing that has ever been done in earth. Three days later, my friends, he rose again, conquering sin and death so that we could speak to storms. Just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you.
Kids, you did a great job. Adults, you did okay. I want to close. I want to invite you to close your eyes. I'm going to send you off with a blessing, but I want you to close your eyes. Remember that moment when Peter got out of the boat. He's all bold and brash, full of faith. He got a little scared. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter when he started sinking? Remember what he said? Keep your eyes on me. So my friends, keep your eyes on Jesus. In the worst of storms, the hardest of moments, from heartbreak to pain, keep your eyes on Jesus. How do you know if you're looking in Jesus' face? Because you have hope. You have hope in the darkest moments. You know that things will and can get better. You have hope because Jesus is looking back at you. It's a famous blessing from Deuteronomy. It's called the priestly blessing, which I'm going to pray over you right now. Just think about the words. Think about Jesus' face. It goes like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious towards you in your times of need. May he fill your home with peace. May he cause those storms become peaceful. Go with that blessing today. Go with the hope. Go with your eyes locked on to Jesus' face. His face is shining upon you. God bless you guys. See you on Resurrection Day.